Hi there. You're listening to Lindisfarne Anglican Church's Sermon Podcast, a place where you can hear God's Word preached if you weren't able to join us at one of our services during the week. My prayer for you today is that as you listen to this message, you'd be challenged, encouraged, and equipped to live as a disciple of Christ in the world. May God richly bless you as you listen to this message today. Well, hopefully you've... uh... Uh, got a sermon outline. If not, there's some up the back. I'm sure someone can bring you one forward. You can roughly track where we're going. It's got the reading that uh, Diane just read to us uh, on the back of it if you're wanting to track along. But before we uh, dive into that, uh, I wonder if there are any rugby fans here today. Uh, We've had uh, the very sad news this week that we are probably going to lose the World Cup because we don't want our best player on the field because of his Instagram posts. Uh, If you've been following the story of Israel Falal this week, uh, you will have seen that he posted on Instagram. I've bought it for you in case you're not on Instagram. Uh, He posted this thing on the right here. Uh, Warning, drunks, homosexuals, adulterers, liars, fornicators, thieves, atheists and idolaters, hell awaits you and repent. Uh, And then he uh, captioned the picture with those that are living in sin will end up in hell unless you repent. Jesus Christ loves you and is giving you time to turn away from your sin and come to him. And then he quoted from Galatians 5 verses 19 to 21 where the Apostle Paul lists a series of serious sins that he calls each of us to repent from. Extremely controversial, it turns out. Uh, Rugby Australia and Rugby New South Wales now both saying they intend to sack him. And yet words, for example, like he said, those that are living in sin will end up in hell unless you repent. Jesus Christ loves you. Words that you and I might say every Sunday. Israel Falau now faces serious consequences for simply daring to speak against our cultural norms and to say what he believed the Lord Jesus was calling him to use his platform for. We'll see why uh, I thought it uh, appropriate to talk about this in a moment because today we find ourselves uh, a week before Easter on uh, what we call Palm Sunday and it's a day where we remember Jesus riding into Jerusalem triumphant Uh, 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 receiving the adoration of the people right before they turn on him and have him killed. As Jesus rode into Jerusalem uh, on that first Palm Sunday some 2,000 years ago, he was fulfilling an Old Testament prophecy. We read in Zechariah 9, uh, chapter 9, verse 9, these words... Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. As Jesus places himself on this donkey and he rides into town as the people shout, Hosanna, he's making a statement, I am that man, that king, God's anointed one. And as Peter said at the end of our reading today in verse 20 of chapter 9, uh, Jesus' riding into Jerusalem is a declaration that he is indeed the Messiah. 
I wonder if you've spent much time thinking about what it means for Jesus to be the Messiah, for Jesus to be the King, as both Peter said and as as Jesus himself declares as he rides into Jerusalem on a donkey. What does it mean for him to be the promised Saviour, for him to be God's anointed one? Well, as we see in our reading today, and as Christians we remember not just on Palm Sunday, but every day of our lives, the kingship or the lordship of Jesus is vitally important. Because in Jesus we have a king who loves us so much that he went to the cross for us, as we'll remember next week, that he rose again victorious over death, and now he requires our loyalty and devotion to him in response to his great sacrifice and love for us. And as we read through chapter 9 of Luke's Gospel, we see that this King Jesus who loves us deeply uh, does uh, a few things. We see that we are, he equips us for mission, that he empowers us to serve, and that he is the one who ultimately enables us to see who he really is. So I want to just uh, run through that, uh, those first 20 verses of chapter 9 uh, very quickly today and just pull out some of the big ideas. First we see that the King uh, Jesus, the one Peter declares as the Messiah, uh, equips us for mission in verses 1 to 9. There we see Jesus sending the 12 disciples out on mission. He gives them all power and authority to drive out demons and to heal the sick and to proclaim the good news. And he promises them that as they go out, they will be provided for. He says, don't take anything extra. And then he warns them about the kind of responses people are going to have. In verse 4 of chapter 9, he says, Whenever you, uh, whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that town. Uh, it's telling the disciples of the, the welcome that many will give them as they come preaching in his name. But also, verse 5, many won't welcome them either. If people do not welcome you, he says, leave their town and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. As Jesus sends his disciples out to proclaim the good news about his lordship. He says, be prepared, for some will accept it, but many will reject it. The good news that our Lord Jesus came into the world to save sinners is great news for many. But for some, it is rejected and hated. For many, in fact, for when a fairly innocuous post by a famous rugby player goes on social media, our world breaks down, but he's, he's doing what Jesus sent his disciples to do. Warn people and tell them about the kingship of Jesus. So Jesus equips us for mission. He also empowers us to serve him. Verses 10 to 17, we see they've come back from their mission trip. Uh, and they're trying to get away with Jesus in verse 10, uh, but the crowds find them and, and they go to them and uh, uh, it's getting late, Jesus is teaching them, he's doing ministry uh, with them, and as it gets late in verse 12, we read the disciples notice a problem. It's late and there's no food. And so they go to Jesus 
their king, the one who has empowered them, uh, 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 sent them uh, out into mission. They go to him and they say, hey, Jesus, we've got this problem. And Jesus says, verse 13, you give them something to eat. And they go, well, how can we do that? We've only got five loaves of bread and two fish. They think it can't, it's not possible for us. This, we've got a big problem and we're going to our leader to see if we can have it sorted out. But Jesus says, I want you to fix it. I want you to give them something to eat. And then he enables them to serve the people who've come to learn about the Lord Jesus as he provides uh, the miraculous multiplication of five loaves and two fish to feed over 5,000 people. And again we see here that the Lord Jesus not only equips us for mission by sending us out, but he also empowers us. He empowers us to serve those around us, to meet their needs, and in doing so, to enable them to learn more about who Jesus is, about what it means to bow the knee to him as king. Finally, we see the disciples coming to that realisation that Jesus is indeed king, that he's the Messiah, as Peter says in verses 18 to 20. Jesus asks them in verse 18, who do the crowds say I am? And of course they, they know they've been hanging out with 5,000 people. They, they, they give some of the answers that they've no doubt heard. Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, others say prophets from long ago. But Jesus isn't interested really in what the crowds think. He wants to know what they think. Verse 20, who do you say that I am? And Peter answers, God's Messiah. He answers with a declarative statement of faith because the Lord Jesus has taught him and opened his eyes to see. We know that at this point in the Gospel, Peter has a lot more understanding to come, but it's the beginning, the beginning of faith and trust that Jesus is the one God sent into the world to save sinners. I wonder how you'd answer that question if Jesus was here today. Who do you say that I am? Who is it that you think Jesus is? There are many people out there who think he's merely a nice guy to be emulated. There are some who think he's not real at all. But as the great 20th century uh, thinker and uh, scholar and author C.S. Lewis says, we actually only have three choices when it comes to how we answer that question. Who is Jesus? We can either say that he is a liar and that the words we have recorded where he claimed to be the son of God, the king of the world, uh, are, are just plain falsity. We can say that he was a mentally ill lunatic who truly believed these things to be true about himself and yet, of course, we all know better than that. Or, in fact, maybe he is the Lord, God's king, who rode into Jerusalem on a donkey some 2,000 years ago only to face rejection and death but as part of God's plan to save each and every one of us. 
Who do you think Jesus is? Lord, lunatic or liar? And if the answer is, well, I I think he is the Lord. I I think that he really did fulfill the prophecies when he wrote into Jerusalem. I think Peter's onto something when when he said that Jesus is God's Messiah. Well, then that begs the question, doesn't it? Are you willing to lose it all for him? As I reflect on the outrage that we've witnessed in our uh, society this week over the Israel Folau Instagram post, uh, I'd, say I'd have one piece of constructive feedback for, for uh, Israel Folau. And that would be that his post is too exclusive. For the real scandal of the Christian faith is that it's not only the drunks and the homosexuals and the adulterers and the liars and the fornicators and the thieves and the atheists and the idolaters that are hellbound. It's the good mum and dads, the nice grandmas, the scientists who cure cancer, the priests and the nuns, the good men of society. It is anyone who hasn't bowed the knee to King Jesus. Romans 3.23 puts it like this. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All of us hellbound without a saviour. And all of us loved so much by the Lord Jesus that we are offered a way out of that eternal damnation. Each of us is offered grace and mercy and rescue by the king, the humble king who rode into Jerusalem on a donkey. Each of us can be equipped for mission and empowered to serve and enabled to see just who Jesus is as we daily choose to bow the knee to him, to Jesus. If Jesus is the king, as we remember him to be on Palm Sunday, if Jesus really did die and rise again, if he is our Lord and our saviour and he saved us from hell, then I hope that you and me would be willing to cop whatever criticism comes our way, whatever costs we might have to bear in order to proclaim that good news knowing that many will welcome us because it is good news. But so too will many reject us and despise us for daring to speak the truth about God's reality. Jesus is our King. He loves you and he wants you to follow him and to submit yourself to his rule. Jesus is King. Hosanna in the heart. Hey there. Thanks so much for listening to this message today. I hope you were encouraged by God as he spoke to you by his Holy Spirit. Please head to our website if you'd like more information about our church. www.lindisfarneanglican.org.au Or like us on Facebook by searching Lindisfarne Anglican. We are a church for Lindisfarne making disciples of Jesus. God bless.